0: There is not a one size fits all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead With Empower podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. We have uh, another string. We have uh, some great guests, and uh, he's keeping the streak alive right here. This is a guy that I've known since probably, goodness, night, I don't, we're dating ourselves here, but probably <laughs> 1992 or three or something along that Somewhere line. There, yeah. uh, <laughs> he's from you know the Middletown area of Connecticut, spent some time in Middletown, West Hartford growing up. We met each other at Xavier High School back in the day, currently coaching up at Bowden College, going into his sixth season at Bowden, working with the safeties and running backs, and he's also the director of player development. Great friend, even a better human being, Mr. Kevin Loney. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. How are you, my friend?
1: Great, Dan. How are you doing, man? I love what you guys are doing. Um, it's been great to listen to Empower. You guys have been doing a phenomenal job. So it's thank great you to thank be you. on.
0: Yeah, no, it's excited to have you. And and we've had a, a, a mix of, you know, coaches and 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 athletes, uh, teachers and administrators, and you know, having another uh, a coach with such great experience on here, it's it's going to be a great listen. So you know, really Definitely. appreciate you taking some time out of the, out of the recruiting, uh, yeah, <laughs> the recruiting sure. responsibilities to hop no on today with us, man. No doubt. Health and safety, good. We're, okay. we're in the middle of this COVID situation right here. Yeah. You're hanging in? All
1: right. Everyone's great. Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of funny. I, I jokingly say to people in Connecticut, it's easy to, to self-quarantine in, in central Maine, you know. it's <laughs> uh, It's been good so far. And then, you know, obviously, I've got some family down in the New York area. had two people who have had it, and they're getting over it now, so, in my family. But everyone's been good. Um, obviously, you know, I've got a couple people in my family who are also in the healthcare profession, and they're... They're they're plugging away. So happy for them and proud of the work
0: they're doing. So man, yeah, pass pass along. Uh, you know my thanks, and I'm sure Absolutely. the listeners would would share the same sentiment. That, you know, when you think about this whole situation, um, you, you know, leadership plays a big role, and no one is a, a bigger hero and a, and a and a more tremendous leader than those that are out there in the, in the field right now battling it from the you know the health field standpoint from you know, the quote unquote essential worker standpoint. So, Absolutely. you know, true heroes who, who oh, are, yeah. man, you know, going to should earn some awards after this yeah, whole thing is 100%. over. 100%. And
1: just no complaining, just getting it done every day. So it's, it's, a, uh, it's yep. really impressive.
0: Yep. It, it, it's a, you know, when you talk about leading other people, there's, there's all sorts of different definitions, but uh, you know, if you want to simplify it, it's, it's doing that, in service to other people, and and man, what a better you know you can't ask for a better example of that for sure.
1: Like the buzzword, I think it was servant leadership, right? And that's that's exactly servant leadership.
0: Doing. That's, it, man. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so Kevin, you've had you know we we've exchanged some emails recently. You've you've had quite the the experience, coat you know in the coaching field from the high school level, the college level um diverse coaching experience which is awesome and we're going to get into some of the details of that but uh i'm going to start off i gotta you know you went to dickinson in pennsylvania from xavier yeah Yeah. religion and history
1: yeah
0: all right you know that doesn't scream coaching football to me (laughs) (laughs) tell us a little bit of uh you know the your background into and how you got into you know chasing down coaching as your professional career
1: yeah so um So, full disclosure, obviously, I played for your dad, um, and I had a great experience playing football at Xavier High School um, for TJ. I loved every minute playing for him. Um, He's a mentor. And the thing that I, that I, so I wanted to get into coaching, and really what I wanted to get into, so I wanted to get into become a, I wanted to get into some sort of, like, teaching. And really was how it started. And... um, I, so I started off kind of going to go into like the, into either like you know physical physical education, physical therapy, you know sports medicine kind of stuff. And so I was looking in like the, the pre med field at Dickinson because I it was, like, it was it's a great school and all that stuff. And I couldn't hack it academically. Yeah. Um, I, my sophomore year, I was taking a, a, a chemistry class and I failed my first exam in that class. Like, oh, wait, this is a, this is a problem. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, so I'm gonna take it. You know, let's press pause, let's reassess. And, uh, but I was, but, you know, I grew up in a really religious household. My mother a minister um, and all of her stuff. I obviously gone to, I'm not Catholic, but I went to Catholic school my whole life, you know, and she's a, you know, so I had a strong background and it took, it took some religion classes. Um, I actually take a religion religion class basically every semester of college. Um, and just cause it was, it was fun. I had a great, I had a great advisor. So I was like, you know, maybe I think to look at that into that field. So my favorite professor on campus, ironically enough, is this professor who is a, just bear with me here, he's an Italian Greek Orthodox priest from Pittsburgh who went to, went, has his undergrad degree from Harvard. Uh, he's, he's retired now, a guy named Ted He has his undergrad degree from Harvard, um, has his master's degree from Notre Dame and his doctorate from Pitt. Jeez. Right? And he was arguably one of the best professors I've ever had in, my, in, in life. Legitimately, my senior year of college, he got professor of the year. Um, fast forward now, just, this is where it all comes full circle. So I went to college with the defensive coordinator at, at Amherst, Luke Boussard, we were, were classmates. A year behind us is a guy named Bob Chesney, who is now the head football coach at Holy Cross, who just won the Patriot League. Yep. So Bob and I are both religion majors. Okay, he, so <laughs> I just fact about it now. But so I just enjoyed his classes. He's just so thorough, just so, you know, so I was like, you know what, let me give this a shot. But the joke I, so I jokingly say, I spent four years of being wrong because you can always argue your way through religion classes in, in school because no one could ever be wrong. It's always, it's so, it's so PC at these schools with religion stuff that you can never be wrong. But it's also it's great to learn stuff that you always took for granted as in, in school, in a grade school and going to church, that you have to really study and see if you know what you're actually talking about, and it really forced me to examine what I really believe. I, well, I, I was taught this my whole life. Well, do I really believe it? Let me go back and do some actual research and see if I actually, you know. So it was really that was a good experience for me. But um, on top of that, that was also playing it for a really good program was a big was a big part of it. And then wanted to come back and and see and help at help out Xavier that was my whole goal in life was I come back and coach Xavier. Um, couldn't do it. Um, Ironically enough, the diocese—if you, you're not Catholic—you can't teach religion. So, um, so that's why I got into college coaching. Um, one of my co- like one of my college coaches took the head football job at uh, his at uh, Norwich, which is where he went to college, and he yep. was looking for GAs, and Bob Tessie and I got hired <laughs> to <get> coach there. <laughs> so, fast forward—you know—Bob and I are coaching there along with Bob's defensive coordinator uh, Scott James, and uh, we're coaching there for two years, and and then the rest is history. You know, I end up. Go from there for two years, and and, to, and you look at the rest of the list. You know, Southern Connecticut, and then Wesleyan, and then out to West Virginia at Bethany College, and then Notre Dame for two years, and so on and so forth. And you know, and now we're here at Bowden. So,
0: well, yeah. uh, it it's it's quite the journey. And for anybody that has aspirations to get into to coaching, especially at the the college level or 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 above that. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna move around a little bit. Yeah. you know, and that's 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 Got definitely it. a big part of it. And you're gonna, you know, like anything else. If you want to be great at it, you'll probably take some lumps along the way, and you'll have your high sure. points and your low points. And um, but it, you know, normally it's not gonna be at one, you know, being able to call one place home for 25 years. Yeah, for sure. sure. Those days
1: are over. <laughs> unfortunately.
0: Well, before we get into the the, the nitty gritty of this thing, Kevin. First off, you know. I met you, you were in high school. I was just prior to high school. You've always been someone, you know, I looking back for me as a, as a kid, um, someone I looked up to, you know, always just a positive outlook, positive personality, warm, open individual. And, um, you know, so as a kid, I looked up to you from that vantage point. And as an adult, you know, someone I consider, you know, a great leader, great coach, and I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not going to look at wins and losses and all that yeah. type of stuff, but just yeah. the way you go about your business, the positive outlook to me is, uh, is something that, you know, makes you stand out, you know, compared to other people that I might cross paths with. And, um, you know, we're obviously in the middle of a tough situation right yeah. now. What's something, and it could be from a coaching front, could be from a life in general front. What's something that you want to take away from, or you feel like you are going to be able to take away on a positive standpoint from this COVID-19 situation?
1: Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, just for my own self, it's been an opportunity to, to learn some new things. You know, I mean, I, I've never used Zoom before, you know, till, <laughs> till this this summer, you know. I mean, I think it's funny. We always, as coaches, talk about all the things we have to do. You spend so much time. We got to do this, and we got to do this, we got to do this. Now you don't have a choice. You have to do it. Yeah. You know, I think there have been a lot of coaches who talked about getting better at technology. You don't have a choice now. You know, um, and for me, I, I'm one of those guys. Who tell you, you know, got to uh, we got to do this. I got to get better at Photoshop. Well, now I've got to do it. I don't have a choice. I've got it on my laptop. I'm working on it. You know, um, I have to get better at you know working on different parts of communication with my players. Well Here's now a chance to do it, gotta do it. Um, and, you know, necessity is the motor of invention. And you now we talk about as, as families, you gotta stay in touch with your, with your people, with your families more. Well, now you don't have a choice. Now you don't have, now you get to do it. Um, I, I've, you know, my, all my buddies in college, you know, we talk on social media, but now it's like we actually, every night again, we'll, we'll get together and do act, a Zoom chat, which I haven't no. done those guys in forever, which is, we get to, hey, we get so busy, but aren't you really that busy? you know, and now it's been great to do that stuff. But you know, so, um, and even then, there's other things that, you know, you want just personal things you want to try to get, get accomplished. And it's, that's a, that's a big thing for me. I think that's been a great positive. Um, Plus also just time to really examine, you have more time to examine some things that are important. Now, I totally admit that I am extremely privileged. I work at a great school that has a lot of resources, and they're they're taking good care of all of their employees in terms of being able to pay people, you know, even to to sit at home and work from home. Um, and I, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones. There are a lot of folks out there who are not as lucky as I am, and all the people in my family who are lucky like this. And you know, that's a that's a luxury that I totally recognize, and I hope that yeah. we can get some get some clarity soon for people who are not in my situation. Um, but that's you know. And for our players, it's been it's been good to see how they've responded and, you know, hopefully getting them in a situation where they can learn, you know, they've got to be able to try to find a way or make one, yep. you know, which has been great to see kind of that, that now in action, you know, it's something you talk to them about all the time, but Hey, now it's, they don't have a choice. If you yep. want to have, if you want to make, if you want to have some success, well, now here's your, here's your chance to do it. You got to do it. And so, you know, the old, you got to whatever get off the pot if the old thing goes. There <laughs> you go. Now you
0: don't have a choice. One, I think you're on the long list because I'm on the same list of people who never use Zoom until uh, about a, you know, a few months yeah. ago, a couple months ago. Um, and, and that's one of the things I love about football because growing up as a kid with a dad as a coach and playing, you know, through high school and a, a couple of years of college and a little bit of coaching involved there is. It's one of those sports that truly tests, you know, do you really want to do this, or, or you, know, uh, you know, you know, you talk the talk, but when it comes down to, it, do you really want to put in the time and effort to do it? And what's again, there's a lot of people that are on the front line or in some you know tough situations where this COVID thing is yeah. is brutal. But for the you know for those of us that you know might be in a little bit more of a fortunate spot, I I do think that there is an opportunity to. Hey, do you really want to? And right. if so, find a way. Right. You know, go out and exactly.
1: get it. 100%. It's easy. I mean, yeah, you, you get to outlast. I mean, one of the, the things that you hear from you know, the guys like the John Gordon people out there is you get to outlast the critics right now. Here's your chance yep. to do it.
0: Yeah, that's right. So. That's right. Um, I mentioned earlier, so just about 25 years in coaching. Yeah. When... Was there a point where you said, "This is I know what, this is what I want to do"? And was there a, a specific situation, or or a set of situations, or a set of people that inspired you to say, "This is what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. Yeah. This is what I want to chase down"?
1: Yeah, there there are there are a handful of people. I mean, obviously, we talked about your dad was one of them. Um, you know, so my senior year, so your dad your dad retires. Tim Frazier takes over as a head coach, and he actually asked if I want to come out and help out that spring, and it was a, I it was a, I jumped at the opportunity, uh, and that was a great opportunity. That was a great one. I, Tim and I talk all the time. It's it, you know, and it's been a great experience. A guy named Jim Greco, who's a good friend to all of us, um, yep. and whenever I come back home, you know, Jim and I go have a, you either have dinner or, or talk, and it, it's and we talk coaching, but we don't we, we rarely ever talk X's and O's. It's just it's coaching and it's 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 life about just Dealing with with, with kids, um, then getting to college. You know, my college head coach, guy named Darwin Bro, um, who was a head coach at Bo- at Dickinson for about 25 years, um, winning as head coach in school history, and just one of the nicest people in the world. But also, just you know, just set a great standard um, for how things are supposed to get done, um, and all the guys he had with him on on, on that staff. Um, great awesome experience to be around so those are guys who I really look up to I talk to, I talk to them all the time you know, I, usually whenever I have to make a decision about the job situation they're guys I usually look to and the other guy that that's funny I, a person I look to and I talk to um, he's now the defensive coordinator at Brown is Tim Weaver um, so Tim and this is a rarity you talk, to him, talk about you know getting into college coaching this is a rarity that, a very rare thing that happened um, Tim hired me without knowing me to be the defensive coordinator oh, wow. at Bethany College, and that, that's yeah. that doesn't ever happen. Um, we had like we had nobody in common. I applied for <laughs> a job uh, just to, just to just to apply for a job uh, at, at uh, when I was at Wesley, and just to, I, I had no interest. Like I had no interest of in leading Wesley. Again, I'm a Middletown guy, and I love it. I love I love Middletown. Being at Wesley, great situation, great place. Um, love love their players. Um, it Was my first full time job as a young coach. You I'm know, coaching yep. defensive line, recruiting coordinator, doing all these things. And I'm um, and like, oh, I'm just going to apply for these jobs just because I make sure I can interview and just keep my name out there just in case you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, I, I get a phone call right one day randomly to his number. I'm like, who is it? You know, whatever. Because he he's so interested in this job. And, and uh, you know, why not? I'll go for the, I might as well go, go out there and interview. And who knows? Yep. I'm, I'm not going to go to West Virginia. <laughs> <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you go out there and meet the guy and it's like, oh, this, hey, hey, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant football coach, you know, you know, and and he had been at Harvard and in Columbia and, and, and uh, you know, had been at Hofstra. Actually, I helped coach Wayne Kravett and Lance Shulpers and put up a bunch of guys in the NFL. And, wow. And, you know, I mean, a pho- just phenomenal pedigree. Brian um, you know, Fitzpatrick and, and all these guys, you know, Chris Lewinsky, and, and and his X's and O's are phenomenal. And I learned so much just working with him for a year, just football-wise. Um really changed a lot of how I coach from a defensive standpoint, X's and O's. Those are all guys that I reach out to. Obviously, the other guys, you know, Rich Cavill at Southern Connecticut, you know. Cav was, he gave me, hired me from when I I left Norwich, he hired me as a GA at at Southern Connecticut and, you know, um, gave me a great opportunity and, um, you know, him, Mike Dodge, all those guys at that crew, that was a phenomenal, it was a year, almost a year and a half, it it was just a, it's one of the only. It's the, I will say this: it's it's the only time in my coaching career that I've ever, as a, as a coach. Well, I, it was different as a player in, at Dickinson. Um, but it, it's the only time I've ever. Uh, it's kind of funny. I was listening, listening to the 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 podcast, the episode with Tim Boyle, uh, when he was a player at Xavier, where they would walk on the field and know that hey, we're just going to beat the living room, crap out of you. <laughs> and, you know, and when I was in Southern Connecticut, for really. We had 11 games scheduled. and basically nine of the 11 games we played. That was the feeling because we were just flat out better than everybody we played against. Now we lost three games, which is, um, but for the majority <laughs> of our games, it's like, okay, if we just, if we just go out and do our job, play the way we're capable of playing and just execute and just go out and play with a little bit, just play with some, just, just do what you gotta do. This is going to be a fun night or a fun day. And that's, I haven't had that feeling anywhere else I've coached only because I've had to just take on to be a part of a lot of reclamation or rebuild projects, everywhere else I've been. So, yep. you know, but, um, but those are the guys that I, people I look to in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the football world to yep. talk to you about for, for, for that kind of, you know, mentorship and leadership to get it helped me in coaching. And, and those are the pieces that have helped me. And then just seeing those experiences of being with those people, let you me know that, okay, this is working
0: for me. Yep. Yep. And I I think those those situations where you step out into the field and you know you're gonna you're gonna roll, goes confidence, uh, confidence. Uh, yeah, they build confidence, but they're yeah. also not the they're not the most common things in the no, world. No, not, not at all. <laughs> Everyone wants be next even, you know. That's right. He, he, that's but right. Even
1: still, I mean, you know, they got to shove and play too, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's funny. The the, the the thing that solidified it for me though was my senior year of college. We were really good, and we were sitting in, in meetings on defense as a senior, and, and we were in some game plan stuff. and And we had a, a part of our game plan going in, like, and I remember finally seeing things on Okay, this is this is a good idea, but we're gonna have to maybe make this adjustment. And that was like on on Wednesday, and then we made the adjustment during the game. That was in my head, and it was the right adjustment, and we did it. And we ended up beating a team who. Is that now like a national powerhouse? It's like our, and that was our, our bowl game win, like an ECAC bowl game win. Like, okay, I might be able to do this. This is, yep. you know, that's, 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 like, okay, this is something, you know, um, that, that could work. Um, so that a that
0: piece so. That's great. We're going to, we're going to rewind a little bit right here yeah. because yeah. I'm actually looking out the window to the old <laughs> dusty, well, it's not dusty now, but it used to be <laughs> dusty. And, and, I get to, you know through Empower I get to work with a lot of sports teams and, mm-hmm. and other other groups but you know I always I always love working with the athletic teams and uh, you know it's funny we you know I'm old now and you are you're old too oh, yeah. no hiding no hiding no, from it not at all but we'll work with a lot of these teams and it's 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 so funny cuz there are things that I'll say or do as a 40 year old now that were yeah. lessons learned on the dusty back practice field on 181 Randolph Road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you had to pinpoint one leadership lesson from your four years uh, with Xavier High School football that is in your back pocket, it's a daily part of your routine now, what, what would that that lesson be, Kevin?
1: So it's going to be a weird one because it's a, it's a positive slash negative. Yep. Um So it's players see what you do. They hear what you say and they see what you do. If you say as a coach, no excuses, and then make excuses, they see it. Um, And it's funny, again, I, I, I listen to the podcast. Your brother Greg talked about a bad practice they had and how he had lousy body language, how that affected the practice. I remember specifically one day of practice we had other coaches, assistant coaches who were yelling at players about no excuses, no excuses. Two days later, something negative happened and I saw assistant coaches making excuses and you can't do that because if I saw it, other guys saw it yeah. and you can't just, and ultimately as, co- and, that, and that stuck with me for it. And it's still to this day. And it's still, and if I ever catch into so, you know whatever standards you set as as a as a as a leader or whatever, you have to you have to model those standards yep. for your people. Um and so you have to be very careful what standards you set. Um every rule that you set is a rule you've got to follow too. You know, that's a critical thing, you know, and, and you know, it's, um, you know, and and you have to be willing to be held to those standards by your people, you know, yep. and that's, a, um, so that, that's probably the biggest thing.
0: And it's so it, great, great answer. And it's, uh, we didn't, and just sort of for our listeners, we we didn't practice this at all because it's a great segue to, <laughs> you're on fire right now. <laughs> um you know I, as you were as you were you know you know talking through that, I wrote down accountability to standards that you set right yeah, yeah. and you know we uh, when we when we teach leadership at empower, we talk about there's levels right there's, so there's yeah. the ability of of coaching yourself yep. through challenge, adversity and fear, and holding yourself accountable to standards yeah. and then the next level is the ability to do that you know to other people right yeah, impart your sure. leadership on other people yeah. um, and you know, so we'll, we'll go right into it. You know, that I, before you can lead any anybody else, you have to be, be able to lead yourself. Right. 100%. And that's, you know, it's, it's just like before you can you know, teach somebody basic math, you have to be able to have a basic understanding of math. Absolutely. Um, so it's a key it's the most key element of leadership in my mm-hmm. opinion. And in the coaching profession, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, there is movement involved there is failure involved. There is, you know, there are successes involved. There is, um, you know, you interviewed when you were at Wesleyan just because it was an opportunity to keep a skill sharp, right? Because you, you know that you're never really standing on firm ground as a coach. Um, What have been some of the self-leadership tactics for you personally that you implement, to chase down this dream of, uh, of, of a coaching career as a, prof, as, as your professional. Career. Yeah. Uh,
1: the biggest one for me is five-year plan. Um, write it down, put it on paper. Um, and it's kind of funny. So when I was working, so as an aside to the Wesleyan deal, it's, I interviewed for the Wesleyan job twice, by the way. So when I left Norwich, I knew it for Wesley and didn't get it. I was too, they said I was too young. Yeah. A year later, they called me and told me I should interview the job again. <laughs> Sorry, Connecticut. How's that? Um, and and get, get the job. So, um, but, so a couple of years, so I'm at, uh, so I'm in Southern Connecticut um, and as to offset my, my stipend at Southern, I was working for a company that was doing like conscious security. So one of that, so that summer, um, Yale does the, as the, I'm working the Yale reunions. And yeah. so, um, in the Yale rolling room, as that's what was, that was my, that was my spot. I'm stationed in there. Cause that's where they're doing. Like they're the nursery for the kids. So it's like a Saturday night. I was sitting in the room kind of just by myself and I've got like a notepad. Um uh, I'll uh, literally it's, a, it's the easiest job in the world, getting paid to just sit there and do nothing because they have people that are watching, watching the kids. So I'm just there for security purposes. And I'm like, all right, I'll do a five-year plan. So at the time I'm 25 years old, first thing you go, okay. I'm going to be 30 in five years. Oh, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, so what, what do I want to be in five years? So I write it down. And what, so, so what do I have to do to be there in five years? And I start, so start guiding my process towards that. And I didn't know that I was actually doing that. But at least having it on paper, you should see it. And at least in the back of your head, you start having a, for like a plan to do it. And the goal was at five years I want to be at a division one school or I want to do this that and the other thing or be a coordinator all kind of stuff then that five-year plan I became I had become a defensive coordinator and I ended up in Notre Dame yeah and my, I celebrated my 30th birthday at Mike Haywood's house <laughs> um uh, we were watching uh I forget who was I forget who the fight was it was like a, some, some huge fight and uh this was, was 2007. Like, yeah great you know and Fast forward, I get to Nichols, and, I'm, and we're doing our thing at Nichols, and we're struggling, and we, we get let go, and and so I'm sitting on my couch in in uh, in Dudley, Mass. I'm just like, huh, I've been telling all these recruits for the last three years to do a five-year plan. I have not done my five-year plan in, since in, in, since I left, since since then. Let's do it. All the time, I'll the sit there and do it. So I did it. I did it again, and go figure. Five years later, I'm at least back to where I want it to be. You know, i want back to the back of the NESCAC and you know whatever all these things. And, you know, so it, it it works. I mean, that's a thing that you know. So the big thing for myself is okay. So the message is, make sure you take your own advice as a leader. You know, if you're if you're setting again, it goes back to the, hey, what are your standards? If you have if that's the thing, do it make sure you, you shouldn't stay on top of yourself to do it. And, and, you know, that's but that's the big one for me.
0: And you, and I'm going to ask you to kind of expand on a point that to me is just as important as the five-year plan. You said the first, when you were sitting at Yale, you did your five-year plan, and then you kind of identified these little stepping blocks, right. That, mm-hmm. that allowed you yeah. to get there. And I think, you know, Students, if you're listening, athletes, if you're listening, you're, you're, you're asked to set goals all the time. And it's Absolutely. one of those things that, uh, again, 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 yeah. don't ever lose sight of Yeah, You can set the best damn goal in the world, but if you don't have these action items, these daily yeah. action items that are going to allow you doesn't guarantee success, right. but allows you to make progress towards yeah. it. That goal is no good. Uh, expand upon that so you had your five-year vision and if you remember specifics but what were some of those kind of action items that you you felt like hey Kevin as a 25 year old if I do these things on a daily basis I'm setting myself up for the best shot to hit that five-year objective so at the time
1: I was like okay I'm coaching linebackers inside linebackers better know. so if I want to be a coordinator I need to learn this entire defense. And you better learn some more coverage stuff. Learn some secondary play. If yeah. I want to be, if I want to end up at the Division One level, I better learn. I Better meet some more people. How am I going to do that? Because ultimately, ultimately, and with, as with most jobs, who you know gets your foot in the door.
0: Oh, networking is huge. Network
1: is huge. So you got to do a better job networking. You know, when you go to the convention, you got to get involved in certain things. However, how, so whatever you can do to put yourself on the path to be able to meet people. You know um you know i'm gonna to have to get, through, get to get more interview opportunities all that kind of stuff i'm gonna to have to get a master's degree now the irony is i end up not getting a master's degree because i couldn't finish um but because i got the phone call from from, from and you know precluded that but at the yeah. same time it's still that's you know so again those little bits of these little what are the little benchmarks to talk about here's those little things for myself okay check these things off but also I think there is the can you be flexible enough to okay things have to change this has to change okay this changes okay I can't necessarily be rigid it's got to be like this
0: yeah
1: you know because ultimately when that happens you miss opportunities and that it's gonna you might not you might miss the chance to do something that could be even better situation for you know I've talked about so the thing I looked at is and I'm, I'm looking at it right now as potential and I kick myself. This is a big mistake that I've made and is, and it, it ends up costing me is like getting myself strength certified. Yeah. You know, cause that's a, I mean, I, the thing. My, my best advice now for young coaches in the profession, if you're, if you're looking to get into college coaching, get yourself strength certified because yep. there's no guarantee you're going be to at, be at a place that's going to have a strength coach, get strength certified, because that's the way to a, keep your, get your foot in the door, keep your foot in the door. And if you become a head coach at a school that has no resources, at least you can be around your players in the, in the off season, And that's, and you know, and that to me is a place where, that's a spot where I need to continue to work on.
0: Yep. You know. So it sounds um, like it's on, it's, it's on that next list. I it's think. on the list,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I, ironically, enough, I actually, so we were actually talking about, so when everything kind of got shut down at Bowdoin, I, I mean, I, I, we talked about it the other day briefly, you know, kind of what was going on at Bowdoin at the time. And, yep. you know, we were in the middle of the Sweet 16 and we had a board, like in our, like in our the NCAA hub room. And so we put on the board, like, what are you going to do? All right. We're shut down for the rest of the semester. What are you going to do? And I, I actually put on the board, get the certified. <laughs> I still have, so, <laughs> I, I have, time to, I have time to do it. I'm going to try to figure out how to do it, you know, online yep. if I can. So, um, you know, that's, that's the thing. I might as well get it certified if I can, you know, That's great. And it's not? a
0: great, it's a great message for those that are, that are interested in getting into coaching. Like, <laughs> don't limit yourself to a position or a specialty build, build your skill set and and oh, exactly. strength is is an asset it's going to be an asset somewhere Absolutely. and if you don't have that in your arsenal it's a it's an opportunity miss
1: can't hurt you
0: yeah, yeah. that's right um and you, you brought up another great point which again we're you know like i said to you in our little pre uh, pre-call huddle yeah you know it's not going to be linear yeah right. not linear right now <laughs> and, and, and it's in line with what you just said. It's that having that flexibility and that awareness yeah. that you can have this great plan and this great path. If you keep your nose down, you might yeah. miss out on something that you didn't so, expect. And exactly. it's in line with a, a great friend of mine, uh, who's a professor at Springfield college. Who was the one who got me into the adventure education stuff. And yeah. you know, he, he had uh, myself and, to, you know, I was the low man on the totem pole, I had two great speakers, and then I was invited for some reason to, to a couple of years ago to do something with a, a student leadership group at, at Springfield, and he had a, you know, I went to college as a phys ed major, <laughs> as did all three of the, the speakers, or myself and the two other speakers, and he had us all stand up, and he shared that with everybody, and he asked the audience to guess what we're doing now, and um, none of us were Physical education teachers. Right. You know, we had all kind of saw a path or saw this opportunity that we didn't intend on seeing, and it yeah. took us to what we're doing today. It's a great, it's a powerful lesson. You can't just have the blinders on.
1: Can absolutely. Because you never, you never know. I mean, so one of the cool things at Bowden is like Reed Hastings is an alum. So Reed Hastings is the guy that made Netflix. yeah He wasn't a computer science major at Bowden. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> literally, he made Netflix because he was mad at Blockbuster. <laughs> Come on! It's like this fourth company. I mean, it's just, you never know. I mean, you never know what's going to inspire you, or what's going to, you know, opportunity is going to be there for you. Take a minute. Just be open for love opportunities. It. You never know.
0: I love it. Great, great, great lessons out there, Kevin. Yeah. Out of the gate, you're coming yeah. out swinging, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you go from. Wesleyan and Bethany College yeah. Wesleyan University here in Connecticut Bethany yeah. in West, West Virginia, Virginia yeah. and you find yourself two seasons at Notre Dame yeah
1: yeah
0: talk about a little bit of a jump there
1: yeah
0: <laughs> what was uh what was some of the biggest differences going from I know Wesleyan's D3 is Bethany yeah. as well yeah, going three, yeah. from from a from two D3 programs to uh a perennial yeah. powerhouse they, they made movies about Notre Dame I oh, yeah. yeah we can go on and on about <laughs> that. how would you know talk about a jump get, give us some insight uh, into that
1: so I, I jokingly always say the thing that was the different the biggest difference between Notre Dame and everyone else I've been was the lack of sleep you just don't you don't get to sleep as a, as a young guy in totem pole you don't sleep at all so but um the, the funny part is Notre Dame is Notre Dame is basically a Division three school playing big-time college athletics. I mean, that's how – that's – I mean, that's the only school that I know of anyways. I could be well way off on of this where the athletes don't have their own dorm. They don't have their own dining hall. They, they are living with like everybody else. And if you ever get to – if you have a chance to ever go to a basketball game at, at Notre Dame, it's pretty awesome. It's the only place I've ever seen where they announce what dorm the kid lives in when the do yeah, this, which is pretty awesome. And the kids and the students go off, go crazy for it. Um, <laughs> but so there's, there's very much that part. Now, obviously the, the, the scrutiny and the, the, everything else is, is, is just, it's huge. And it's, it's, it can be really tough on the students, on the athletes. I mean, those kids, yeah. I mean, they are, it's, it's 24 seven, but they are truly students. They are truly, you know, they're, they're going to go do amazing things. I mean, I, I, I've, there are a lot of kids there who I, uh, who could be at Bowdoin, who could be at Wesleyan, who could be at our conference in the NESCAC just because that's just the kind of kids that they recruit. I mean, yep. I, I, I lost two recruits to walk-ons at Notre Dame in the last four years since I've been about Bowdoin. Um, now they're both legacies at Notre Dame, both of you know, the dads. their One kid's dad played football, one kid's dad played baseball. Um, but, you know, that's from a football standpoint, obviously the resources is it's a, it's just a different animal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've just got everything. I mean you walk in the door. I mean, I still have gear from <laughs> the when I was there. Now uh, you know, I all Adidas now, they're obviously there, they're there under armor now, but um, you know, yep. shoes and all that stuff. That was all pretty awesome. Um, learned a lot. Learned a lot of football. Um, I was I you know, hadn't been on offense in forever since so it's kind of funny. My 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 path as a from a football standpoint, X and O I was on offense my first year coaching college football as a coach receivers. Um for those of you don't know, I was a lineman that I played O line. I played O line and D line in high school. D-line, Definitely, not, uh, a Definitely no, not, not, not a receiver. No, not a receiver. I, I jokingly <laughs> say that for the, for the year that I coached receivers at, uh, at Norwich, they they were the best catching bad balls ever because I can't throw a <laughs> thing my life. Um, you know, but uh, um, you know, I went back to offense with Notre Dame. Those was the opportunity that was there. Um, I know all you Giants fans are should be in heaven because my roommate. Um, was a guy named Patrick Graham while I was there, who is now with the defensive coordinator for the Giants. And he is yep. one of the most brilliant people I've ever been around. Um, he's a Waterbury guy. He went to Crosby High School, um, yep, went to Yale. Right. And he is, uh, he is, I mean, one of the smartest people I've ever been around. Um, so um, the guys on defense for the Giants are going to be they're in great hands. Uh, we're excited to see what he's going to do for them. Um, even though it pains me because I am not a Giants fan. So I'm a long-suffering <laughs> Buffalo Bills fan. And anytime I hear guys talk about Giants and Super Bowls, it just 1990, just still just,
0: it's you know. Still sticking
1: with you. Oh, oh brutal, <laughs> brutal. <Yes. laughs> but, um, you know, just, you know the, just the experience of, you know, being in the meeting rooms with guys, with those coaches and all the experience they had and the, um, the, the knowledge they had was pretty impressive. Um,
0: Charlie White's the head guy, right? Charlie's the head guy, yeah. yeah. You
1: know, and uh, just, you know, Bernie Parley coached our tight ends. And Bernie, just one of the best people, just one of the greatest people that I've ever been around. Um, you know, we had uh, John Latina, who actually coached, Eli, is actually o quarterback in college. And yep. John was awesome. He's our line coach and just phenomenal. Um, we had, uh, I'm to think here, Mike Haywood was our, was our o quarter, Ron Powell's coach our quarterbacks, um, you know, Brian Pulliam is our special teams coordinator. Brian is great. And still, um, Brian, whenever I see Brian like at the convention, he's still, he's awesome. Um, yeah. And just, you know, the people, you know, were just really, really, I mean, you know, and Charlie, it's, it's interesting, kind of, Charlie gets an interesting, it's, a, it's an interesting kind of reputation, nationally because I think what people see and who he is behind the scenes are two completely different things sometimes. Yeah. You know, um, he's very passionate about Notre Dame and all things Notre Dame, Notre Dame football and, um, you know, Notre Dame academically and yeah. how the players are going to operate. And um, that was a good I think it was a great thing. And, uh, um, you know, our kids were, again, phenomenal human beings, phenomenal kids. Um, and, and they happy for what they've accomplished. You know? And I mean, I'm sure there's some things going to talk about down the road here. But yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience just being around that group of kids because they're pretty driven young people who having to try to learn to ignore noise, for those kids because, you know, the first, so I grew up a Notre Dame fan and you know, so it, it, your dream job, okay, so yeah, everyone's got a bucket list of places they want to work, you know, in, in every profession. You know, and for me, you know, I've got the chance to work at three of my places. I, I, always, I always wanted to work so I Connecticut. I always wanted to work at Wesleyan. I always wanted to work in Notre Dame. I got three of them. I mean, I, have to, you, I haven't gotten to Yukon yet um, or Buffalo yet. Um, <laughs> working, so vicariously Buffalo right now, one of my favorite players of all, of all time that I ever coach is there now working in Buffalo. So I'll live through him. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, um, honestly, I get to Notre Dame, in 2007, which is the worst season in school history. Um, we go three and nine, lose to Navy for the first time in forty whatever years, um, in triple overtime. You know, get destroyed by a couple of teams, but people don't see behind the scenes was the team never fell apart. A bunch of young kids who had a bunch of kids who never played, you know, meaningful snaps before, just hung in there, and came to practice every day, just worked the tails off, and and then got better. Next the next year, that same group of kids won a bowl game. Yeah, you know. And a bunch of those guys end up playing in the NFL are still playing. You know, that was Golden Tate's freshman year. Yep. You know, he's, not, he's doing great things. And, you know, you know Harrison Smith was a freshman that year. He's doing great things. And you got all these guys, you know, who were were off the races. So, you know, you had, we had our, our, the, an All-American on <laughs> the defensive line that year who, who had over 100 tackles. You know, mm-hmm. everybody knew. So everybody knew that he was the guy. Guess what? He still had over 100 tackles. He like a three three Yeah. You know, guess what? That's unbelievable. You know? and I would not not like you're playing you're you're, still, you're playing usc and michigan and michigan state that's what they know they know they got to block them and they still couldn't block them you know, <laughs> you know hey all right <laughs> Just do.
0: so i'll take it um so yeah. you've had a lot of you know different stops different spots you've had a lot yeah. of people that you that you've described who've had an impact on you yeah. in the football world you know obviously yeah. there's more outside of that yeah, in the families, sure. uh family side of things um, and we touched on this earlier, obviously there's leading yourself through challenge and then there's yep. the ability to, to motivate and inspire those mm-hmm. that you're leading. Um, if you had to describe kind of the way you lead in a sentence or two, I'm going to yeah. put you, this, we're going to test you here a little bit. Yeah. What, would that, what would that sentence or two sound like, Evan?
1: I think it, for me, it starts with building relationships. Um, I think especially in this day and age with young people, um, I've been blessed to be around a lot of young people in my life. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people today will tell you, tell you about how young people are different. And I don't believe that's the case. I just think their circumstances are different. And I think that there are a lot less adults that young people trust. Yeah. Because for a lot of reasons, justifiably so, there are a lot less adults that they have, or they have reason to trust. And so you have to build relationships with them and earn their trust. And so if they know that you're, that, that they have a reason to trust you, um, they'll run through a brick wall for you, literally. And so to me, that's where it starts. Build yep. build the trust with them. Let um, them know that, that you have their best interest at heart and that you want to succeed and they'll do whatever they can, you know, um, and know that they're going to do dumb things. They're gonna make mistakes, because guess what? I'm 43 years old and I still do dumb things. All right. Yep. so that's, that's that's you know. Um, and, I had to close the door, on my, so
0: my wife didn't come in and give the list of dumb things that I do on a daily basis. Right? Here, all right? I
1: mean, luckily, I don't know myself. I do dumb things all the time. It's like you know, I mean, like it, you know. So my neighbors I think I'm an idiot sometimes. It is what it is, you know. But, um, you know, but it's it, at the end of the day, they want to be successful. They still want to be driven. And so, you know, I think that's what it is. How do you lead them? How do you get them to? It's, it's a matter of just they want to be inspired. Just tell them. I think you got to be honest with them, tell them the truth. I think you have to be tactful, because I think they have more baggage sometimes now. I mean, I I look at it, one of the stories I'll tell you is, you know, when I was at, so when I was at Wesleyan, the way we operated from a recruiting standpoint was we used to have these recruiting weekends where you'd come in on a Saturday, you'd do your visit, stay overnight until Sunday morning, and every family would meet with a head coach, and we had a family come in, and... And it was a family from, out from L.A., who the dad was, was, a, was a Hollywood producer. He was like, oh, like, and he would produce like syndicated TV shows. So, so they were doing okay financially, you know? Yep. And I remember the kid, I guess, walked out of the meeting with the head coach for the, family, the parents who were still in the, in the meeting. Um, he was so mad. He was like, I, I, I cannot be around my parents. I hate them. He's like, they're in there complaining about financial aid right now. He goes, we have more than enough money. He goes, get me away from my parents. So the kid, kid ended up coming to, to, to Wesleyan. He ended up being a great player, all this other stuff. And it, it dawned me the other day, because kind of when it's, it's kind of a tough, when the whole Hardy Weinstein thing happened, yeah. it, 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 was like, it hit me, and it's like, you know, because it popped in my head. It's like, those, the, the people who, in the world who, who are just lousy human beings, they have kids. Their kids yeah. go to college those kids come to our colleges sometimes and they come with baggage, you know what I mean? And so yeah. we as coaches, if those kids play sports, we get that, we get their baggage too, yeah. you know what I mean? So you can't just, so you have to help build, help those kids navigate that baggage as well. So if I wanna go in and say, I'm just gonna work on football with that kid and I feel that help that kid deal with his baggage, it doesn't work that way. So you better yeah. build a relationship, let that kid know that they have somebody they can count, on, they can, they can trust, and then you better not violate their trust. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a big responsibility. So that's kind of where we are for me from a leadership standpoint. That's it's building that relationship. So they know that, hey, I can turn to that person, this person that that, that they uh, that I can that they, they they respect me, and that they care about me and they're gonna and they're gonna help me get where I want to get to. Yep, I like where it goes.
0: So many great points there to to kind of unpackage and and. You did did a great job, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, communication and relationships. If you can if you can do those things and do them with trust, and you know, that's that's the foundation right there for sure. Um, and again, ha- having known you for so long, I would consider your your uh, again your positivity and your ability to to build relationships as a as a strength. Right. Also, um, yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. Uh, Well, yeah, Uh, you know, that's, that's my thought, at least whatever, whatever that's worth. (laughs) What would you consider uh, a leadership weakness, a leadership challenge of yours that you're continually to work, working to improve upon?
1: I think sometimes I get bogged down in the minutiae and I try to let the, the perfect become the enemy of the good sometimes. And so it's gotta be perfect, not not in certain situations. Before you move on, to certain things, and then sometimes, I, and I talked earlier about you know being rigid on some things, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that I think occasionally that happens to me. It's gotta be like this, well, not necessarily. Yeah, you gotta be able to you know, got yeah. and then you know it's not as much now because I'm not a head coach anymore. Thing you know, but um, it's been great having to take a step back from that. Is it's gotta be my way over the highway you know, and, and, you know, early on when I was a head coach, that was a thing that I said like this. Well, cause it, you know, my name's on it. And if it's, it's not like exactly like this, it's, it's not, not right. Well, it doesn't always work that way. You gotta be yeah. able to have, again, you, you can't preach flexibility then not be flexible.
0: Yeah.
1: You have to be willing to listen to people. And, and even if you, especially when you have, you know, I, if you, if you have young coaches or young people on your staff, who may not have all the quote-unquote experience you have, you still should listen to what they have to say because they may have different ideas that help that are going to help you. And Like, I legitimately, so I'll give you a great example. I had a young coach on my staff at Nichols, and we were talking about some stuff on defense. I was like, I'm never going to do that. Fast forward to the year before I got to Bowdoin, I'm coaching at West Haven High School, and the stuff he was talking about, we ended up doing at West Haven High School. <laughs> and... I actually called them and had apologized. You know, hey, so we should have, we should have done some of this stuff because it was actually really good stuff. And I don't know if it would've helped us be better, but it would have hurt. And it would be one more thing to give us some answers. And that's a thing where hopefully you'll learn from that going forward to, hey, if if you or if you do enough work on the front end in the hiring the hiring part of things, you gotta trust people to kind of do some things and give them a yep. chance to go you know.
0: To work so that's right that's right and the, the i mean the beauty of mistakes <sighs> is when treated right they yeah. are that experience yeah. that allow us to develop so you can learn
1: from them
0: and yep if you choose to yep that's right that's right yep <laughs> when treat when treated with the right attitude they're not mm-hmm. the end of the world if you if you don't let them be so you're you talked touched on it a little bit earlier you're in in recruiting season right now and obviously yeah. that's, that looks a little bit different yeah. um success as a football player success as an athlete in mm-hmm. any sport there's definitely sport specific skills that yep. lend them lend, lend to success and then you know overall athletic ability Be, beyond those yep. what do you look like what are those non-football skills uh that you look for in a recruit to say hey this is a, this is a guy that we want what, yep. what are some of those qualities that you that you value as a as a coach kind yeah. So
1: for, uh, for me right now, the big thing I look for is, is mental toughness and perseverance. So one of the things I talk about, right, so we're talking about right now is I ask every kid about how they're handling the weight room right now. How are you, how, how's lifting going? How are you handling lifting? Because there are probably, a, there are a ton of kids right now who are going to make every excuse in the book. <clears throat> that they can't get into their gym and train how they got to train. Yeah. But you also have enough kids who are finding every which way they can to do it, to do what they got to do. Because they know they got a season coming up. They're, gonna be, they're going to go in their senior year. And to me, that's a, that's a difference maker. Uh, that'll be the difference for between the, the teams that, that find a way to get it done this year. Um, in, in terms of this training, that's because it's gonna be all a lot of seems to be body weight or whoever it has Because some people don't have the ability to have to buy their own gym in their own yeah. house. I talked to one kid um this year who had his own had his own gym, and then his house burned down. So now what oh, he do, you know? So, so now what are you gonna do? You know, yep. you better, better find a way. And his whole thing, I'm gonna I'm gonna do body weight stuff. I'm gonna find a way to get stuff get get stuff done, and you know, working it out. And okay, again, it's. I'm going to control what I can control, and I'm going to. And then also, how are you pulling your teammates along with this stuff? You know. Um, I, so I used to work for so, so the head coach at uh, Kings of Oxford now, uh, JB Wells used to be our head coach at Bowden, and so JB has an interesting philosophy. He really doesn't believe in the concept of the lead by example. He goes, yeah. If I don't tell you where I'm going, how can I lead you?
0: You know what I mean? I can just walk out
1: the. If I just walk out the door, who's going to follow me and why? Yeah, I mean, if I don't, if I, if at some point there has to be some vocal leadership in that process, you know, before I can, I, I can go and lift it, lift the house in the weight room, but if I don't tell you what I'm doing and why, how can I? How can you follow me? Why would you follow me? You know, Um, and I think that this COVID nineteen situation for for the college athlete or the high school athlete is a great opportunity for the quiet kid to to build their vocal leadership yep. because now i have a chance to to lead my team by example i have a chance to bring the kid who's on the fringe maybe who isn't quite who, who i think we're going to need in our team i have a chance to call to, to bring that kid along in a you in know a one-on-one whereas hey normally if he's in the weight room he's going to hide now i can get to a one-on-one yeah no one has to know that i'm talking to you one-on-one but i can really build yep. a relationship now and we can go you know, and that's, that's the things great. that you know, um, and hopefully that you can. And am I doing
0: that? So. And you the, the again I, again another another great point is the why right mm-hmm. as as a leader if there's not an understanding of the why absolutely good luck <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely I mean
1: it, it, to me that's uh, teach them why they they have to know why I mean I think yep. it, you know the old you know. They used to run through a brick wall, and now they ask why. Well, the, the why is important. I mean, I, you know, they should know why. I mean, yes. it's it, it, it's it, it's so important. I think I, it's great that I, I we I love teaching our guys why we do certain things when we do them
0: because the inquiry side of it. Yep.
1: Absolutely, because yep. if you understand why your job is so important, I think you're going to do it no matter how big or small it is. Yep. You know, and if you understand why, okay, if, if I'm the receiver on the right side of, of the formation why it's so important I run my route the right way, you know, even though it's even even though it's a run play the other direction and how it affects everything else. If I can understand that I'm going to do my job a lot better. So that down the road when it's a play action that I do what I'm doing now I'm going to be wide open down the road. I mean if those things help.
0: Yep. Yeah and it's it's not it's not the isolated moment necessarily of what you're doing. Absolutely. it's oh, again with football. Yeah. We can we can go we can go way off track right here. I, pro- <laughs> oh, I promise right. you, we're not going to. But but it is yeah. it's yeah. you know what's so happening much. now is not necessarily for now. It's going right. to be for something that's you know 15 minutes a later, or four quarter later, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's the, the microscope um, versus the telescope. Absolutely.
0: That's right. That's right. I love it. Yeah. You and you've touched on great points about how you know the student athletes aren't different. It's the circumstances. And I, I'm with you on that. That's been yeah. a common theme in these, yeah. these podcasts. And, yeah. um, you know, I think the inquisitiveness of student athletes now mm. is, is definitely different. I think that's yeah. a positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so often in a lot of conversations with other coaches and teachers, the, the, a lot of the focus is on like the, the, the 85 to 90% that do it but maybe are missing the mark. Maybe you're struggling. Yep. Yep. Give, give me an example. And it could be someone now, it could be somebody in your, in your career, coaching career. Give me an example of that athlete that you coached or were in, in the same, you know, on the same pro in the same program with, who was just above and beyond over the top, tremendous leadership beyond what was asked of him on the football field. Like, show, tell me about that guy that was just like, I don't care what you're going to do after you graduate, you're going to freaking crush it.
1: <laughs> um, I, the, the one who, and I've said this forever, the, the, the single best leader I've ever been around was Jacques Césaire at Southern Connecticut State University. Um, and why? Jacques legitimately to this day is the, one of the only guys that I've been around who was able to make everybody better around him. When he, he's the only guy who went, when he spoke, Every single person listened. Part of that was what he looked like—he's big dude, joke. I know that helps. That helps. (laughs) That factor helps a lot. Um, But also, he was selfless um, off the field. He was the guy who was the policeman in the locker room. Um, He was the guy who, and you know, Southern was a place where we had a lot of characters. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's the best way, way to explain it. Um, but he kept them all online and and at the end of the day, what he he was the he was the mouthpiece for the coaching staff, and what he said, what he said goes. And and then he was also extremely selfless, legitimately. So he was a defensive end. We have a bunch of injuries. He moves to defensive tackle. Um, still first team all American. Um, oh, um, is an undrafted rookie free agent last 10 years in the NFL, basically with one team, which is unheard of. That doesn't happen. You know, I was going to say
0: that's, 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 you know, that's a rarity,
1: you know, at, at, on defensive line and he's not, and, 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 most of it as a starter, you know, um, which is pretty impressive, you know, through a bunch of different coaching staffs, you know? Yeah. Um, but just. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting to just watch just the way he would just operate on, on practice, how he how he practiced, how he lifted, how he was in meetings, how just every little thing, how he was in the classroom, just across the board, um, and everybody responded to him. And you know, he would at every practice, every practice, first guy out there, last guy, just 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 always, he was a vocal leader, but also led yeah. by example. He just did all the little, he checked every single box. And, you know, I wish that there was a way to show like current players how he did it. Cause unfortunately there isn't that way to do it. You know, yep. that's the way, you know, he, he did it. Like the only person I've ever seen like that, <laughs> it's funny. And it's gonna take the Giants fans off, but I've, <laughs> I've watched Tom Brady practice and that's how Tom Brady practices. Yeah. So like, I walked out, I got a chance to watch him like in, in mini camp, a bunch training camp stuff, but, like up close and personal. And Tom's like, he's he's loud, he's energetic, he's 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 talking trash to defense. He's and, and but he's also he is he's got high standards for himself in practice. You know, he's like it's it's really impressive to watch that just the way that those guys people like that operate, and that they're just yep. they're cut from just a different cloth. And you know, and and because of that, they're great teammates. And that's a big thing I think that is you can't uh, you can't go wrong with those kinds of guys. And so you you try I mean you try to keep finding those guys if you can. I mean they're hard to find, hard to come by. You know, Jacques probably is a I don't know if you know, if that guy gets recruited to Division Two anymore. At like this day and age, I think he tried ends up being probably a little higher level guy now. Yeah. But hey, you know, it's um yeah, he was he was unique. That's awesome. Um, you know,
0: and what the, what team is he with right now? Do you know off the top? Of your so, head? He, so he's now he's the guy that's now working for the Bills. He's coaching for the Bills now. So he's. Oh, he, he is. Okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. He just, he just got spent hired. Spent ten the Bills. years in the NFL from yep. as from a undrafted free yep. agent. Yep. Yep. So What's it's, it's, up? did he play with the Bills?
1: Oh, he played for the he played for the Chargers. So played so, for
0: the Chargers. So
1: this is again. You you can you, this you can thank him. Well, not really thank him, but this is why Eli Manning is it was a Giant. So. The same year that Jacques goes to the Chargers, the year that they they draft they took Phil Bogle from New Haven. Yeah. So Phil was the left tackle for the for the Chargers, and that's part of the reason that they did that Eli didn't want to go to the Chargers. He wanted he wanted a big time guy left tackle, so they that's part of the deal. Now, a great, now, which is crazy because Phil was a great player. Phil was an yep. awesome player. You know,
0: but great career. Yeah, great career. Unbelievable. You know,
1: is what it is. But you know, Eli ends up going to, to the Giants, and that's the streak. So.
0: And we won't upset the Patriot fans <laughs> talking too much about that anymore. So. Hey, that's what, it is. Yeah, that's what
1: it is. Hey, the numbers, the numbers. The that's right.
0: That's right. Um, we got a couple, just a couple quick hitters here, and yeah. then uh, you're, you're, you've done your service here on the, Lead the Power <laughs> Podcast again. Ke- Kevin Loney from up in uh, up at Bowdoin College, safeties, running backs, director of player development. Great, great friend. Xavier High School graduate and uh, even better guy here. So um, you've had a lot of experience coaching a lot of different position groups. What yeah. is your favorite position group to coach and why?
1: Ooh, um, I love, I mean, so I've been coaching running backs at Bowdoin now for four years uh, if, and these guys, I love the guys. Um, now helps that I had the, I've had the best running back that I've ever coached <laughs> <laughs> um, for the last four years and he's graduating now, so states stinks, um, but okay. Get recruited. at actually out of Conard High School in West Hartford. Oh, um, Is that right? Yeah, I'm a defensive guy at heart, I guess. But um, yeah, the running backs have been fun. It's been a lot okay. of fun. Um, so
0: it's a great position.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: Your and this could be as a player or a coach. Yeah. Your favorite football drill. That's uh, all we do, right? In, yeah, in football, yeah, you yeah. drill, you drill, you drill, you drill. Yeah, your absolutely. favorite drill and why? Could be player or coach. Yep.
1: So my favorite football drill, I do it every every camp that I coach at. Um, if I ever end up coaching anything on defense, like evaluate players, it's, it's, a, it's a five cone like star drill. I um, Actually learned it from a guy named Jared Backus, who's now the defensive coordinator for Cornell, actually another Connecticut okay. guy. Um, uh, basically you have a, it's a five by five box with a cone in the middle, have the kid's put to the middle and you just give him directions. He's got to be able to do all different types of things in, in the box. Um, I keep facing you the entire time, but it, but it just evaluates a lot of different footwork Can he stay? Can he work his hips? Can he open and close his hips? Can he backpedal? Can he do? Just great evaluator. Um, Wears guys out a little bit, but it's it's a great um, just evaluator of athletic ability.
0: Are you a big combine? uh, uh, This is not on the list here, so I apologize. Are you a big combine guy? Do you watch the? I watch Uh, the combine quite a bit. uh, I
1: I like. I do like watching. I like. I like watching a lot of the drill stuff. I can now. If I mean, I think it's interesting that they get mad at quarterbacks not throwing, but I get why they don't. The good ones, yep. I mean, yep. and the good guys who don't, who don't do stuff doesn't really bother me as much. If they're going to go do it at your own, at your own place, who cares? I mean, if you're being I mean, chased young, it doesn't work out, who cares? You,
0: you chase young. Yeah, there's <laughs> enough fine. tape. Yeah, there's
1: enough okay. <laughs> tape. The guys who do, who do a good job at the combine, good for them. The guys who lift hard and can build some good weight, that's good stuff too. It's really important.
0: And the guy, well, he just signed a huge contract with the Cowboys. Connecticut guy Byron Jones was a lot, yeah. awful lot of awful lot of radars. Yep, goes to the combine. And up
1: numbers i putting up. Numbers absolutely. And and now he's and he's giving young guys advice on how to take care of their money, which is even more important, I think.
0: Even better, even better, <laughs> absolutely. Because there's too many of those stories for sure. Oh my God, you
1: know.
0: Um. Kev, it's been a pleasure. The absolutely. last question here, and I, thank you so much. It's been great to yeah, reconnect. Absolutely. You know, again, one of, the, one of the benefits of the tough situation is a couple old-timers are learning <laughs> enough technology to, <laughs> right? to see, uh, be in person here. Exactly. So. <laughs> um, a message or a bit of wisdom from you to those high school athletes out there who have, uh, you know, goals or, or aspirations to play at the next level at the college level. Absolutely.
1: Um, my biggest thing, and it's, it's the deal man, you have to control what you can control. And don't overlook an opportunity just because I want to be at this place or that place. Go where you're wanted. Um, schools that are going to recruit you are going to recruit you. Don't turn down an opportunity because I don't like that place or whatever. This part of me, take, take a good look at every school and really evaluate. What do you want academically? Because coaches will change. And the other piece is this meet players at every school you're truly interested in. Because yeah. the coaches, coaches go home at night, your teammates won't. Now, are they the yeah. kids that, are they the right kids? Are they the ones going are they the kids that you want to be around for the next four years? Are they go in the
0: same That's direction great. you're going. That's great. And 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 that ties into everything you've talked about about yeah. how do you get, you know guys to to lead one another it starts with those relationships those guys you're going to be sharing dorm rooms with you're going to be doing meals with doing workouts with uh man great 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 bit of advice great bit of wisdom there and um you know i hope uh i hope it's taken to heart because couldn't come from a better guy kev (laughs) (laughs) hey ladies and gentlemen this is kevin loney he leads with empower knocked it out of the park thank you so much listeners thanks for joining us this Absolutely. week uh again ton tons of great information there from a guy that's out there doing it right and uh you know wishing everybody health and safety kevin Absolutely. loney leads with empower Beautiful. crushes it thank you so much kev thank you so thanks. much we'll, say, bye, we'll see you all soon be bye, safe, be be safe man. Bye, bye. great leadership may look and sound different however there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders they are passionate about those that they lead, they do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them, and they never take the easy way out, because the exceptional will never come from easy.